You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Facebook Friday episode here on Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, we got news and notes for our fourth down Friday recap, our last chance to get the details in on all the news throughout the week. Michael Burton signs, but with the wrong team. What kind of compensatory picks might the Saints be in line for in 2022 so far? And two Saints defenders that may have to step it up in 2021. And we'll also take a look in our second segment at which players stood out during Thursday's slate of Pro Days. And then we'll wrap up the show. We'll get to your questions from the Locked On Saints Facebook group who are live with us today over at facebook.com slash group slash Locked On Saints. Which corner is the best fit for the New Orleans Saints at the top of the draft? Could they go offensive line at 28? And what might that offensive line look like in 2021? As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor and now deputy brand manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your Tuesday co-host over at the Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Let's go ahead and kick it off here, everybody, talking about the news and notes from around the Saints sort of week here, making sure we pick up everything that we might have missed throughout the week, as well as some new things that have popped up today. We'll start off with a new piece of news that started out today. Y'all know one of my favorite players from the New Orleans Saints last year was Michael Burton, friend of the pod, came through on the show before the season in 2020. Well, he has now signed a new deal but not with the New Orleans Saints. He's heading over to the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal to play with Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl runner-ups, the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is a big signing for Kansas City. This is a spot they needed to fill. Kansas City, along with New Orleans, one of the few teams in the NFL that still utilizes a fullback to a pretty variant extent in terms of it's very versatile, the way that they utilize that position. With that being the case, the Saints, of course, filled their linebacker sort of need with Alex Arma from the uh, from the Carolina Panthers. Meanwhile, Kansas City, their hole got created because Anthony Sherman retired. So now they have their replacement for Anthony Sherman in the building with Michael Burton, who's very, very talented as a lead blocker, good in short yarded situations, can catch uh, out the backfield, is somebody that will contribute in special teams as well. So he does a little bit of everything. He's a great fit for them and should be used very well in that Kansas City system. Now, The Saints, as we look ahead to next year's draft with all these free agents that they have lost, are actually in pretty good position for several comp picks going into the 2022 NFL draft. So with that, let's take a look at some of the comp picks the Saints may be up for. Now, Michael Burton's contract very likely won't fall, won't won't be high enough, won't be a great enough salary so that it does actually factor into the um, into the compensatory pick formula for the Saints, their signing of Alex Arma was only around a little bit over one million dollars. That won't factor into the compensatory pick formula at all. And a couple of players that have signed elsewhere for the Saints also won't fall into that, such as let's say Alex Anzalone, who signed on a one-year one point seven five million dollar deal with Detroit. But now for the other players that have been signed away, such as Trey Hendrickson. Justin Hardy, as well as Sheldon Rankins, those players do count against the compensatory formula and do put the Saints in line for a few selections. So they're in line for three selections, but one of those 
actually comes from the Terry Fontenot hiring as the Atlanta Falcons hired him away. This is part of the the NFL's minority hiring initiative, particularly with executive positions. So because Terry Fontenot was hired away to a promotion to GM for the Atlanta Falcons, that puts them in line for one of their third round compensatory picks here in 2021, but also another in 2022. So that's one of them. The other two selections came from Trey Hendrickson, as well as Sheldon Rankins. Trey Hendrickson's compensatory pick should be a fourth round pick, and then Sheldon Rankins is estimated to be a fifth round pick. The Justin Hardy selection would have been around a sixth round pick if I if I if I've got the numbers right here. But unfortunately for the Saints, well, not necessarily unfortunately, but they signed Tano Passigno, and that should negate that potential selection because of the contract level there. So because of that, the Saints estimated for having three compensatory picks going into 2022, one in the third round, one in the fourth round, one in the fifth round. Still not a bad situation to be in, especially for a team that lost a sixth round pick due to COVID protocol. Uh, issues and discipline, let's just say it that way. So all of that, of course, is subject to change as the Saints continue looking at unrestricted free agents. And remember, only expiring contracts factor in. So if the Saints signed somebody that was outright cut that hit the market, those won't factor in. And a few days after the draft, the compensatory pick formula goes away anyway. So we'll see exactly how the Saints affect themselves. They continue to shop around here and try to bargain bin shop their way into filling up the middle class of their roster. And speaking of the middle class of their roster, the Saints are going to be looking to bolster that area for themselves. They have been a very good team when it comes to depth over the last couple of years. Now they've lost some pieces on the defense, particularly at the defensive line and at the second level at both of those spots. Two players that are getting a lot of talk right now as players that could potentially step up are Chase Hansen, the linebacker formerly out of Utah, and the former uh, Wyoming defensive end, Carl Granderson. Both of these guys, 2019 undrafted free agents. Hansen, a converted safety. He was a big time get in 2019 when he was signed. I don't know if you remember or not, or if you heard all the way back then, Thor Nystrom of Roto World came in and talked a bit about the Saints undrafted rookie class and said it was one of the best in the NFL, if not the best in the NFL in that season. And Chase Hansen was a big headliner on that. He flashed a bit in camp ahead of 2020, but didn't really find the field much in 2020 during the actual regular season. As for Granderson, also, as we mentioned, a UDFA in 2019, showed flashes during the regular season this year with a couple of sacks and a couple of big plays that he made, uh, including the Kansas City Chiefs game, where he had a couple of uh, really good plays during that one, and has developed all of the physical tools well so far and continues his sort of course of work here over the offseason. So he's definitely going to be somebody to watch. And speaking of watching, the New Orleans Saints were at a few pro days here all throughout the week. We had some great pro days on Thursday with Minnesota, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, and UCF. We'll get to those pro days here in just a moment. But of course, every draft pick, you're putting a little bit of a bet down as an NFL franchise. But as an NFL fan, if you want to put a bet down on the games that are going on right now with the MLB having opened up, the NBA ongoing, college basketball ongoing, and as well, NHL in full swing, head over to betonline.ag, the easiest way to bet on all of the sports action. You can even bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV as well. They have all of the updated odds and props and almost everything that you can imagine over at betonline.ag. They're the one place that we trust and the one place we recommend, and it's the best place to place your bets. Feel free to go and check them out. And of course, it is free to sign up as well. So just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
right, family. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Going to talk about some pro days, but if you want to hear what was going on today, that didn't really rhyme, but I tried. I did what I could. Make sure you check out the Locked on Today podcast, all the sports news that you need every morning in less than 20 minutes. Start your day off with all of the sports news that you need with the Locked on Today podcast, which you can find on the Odyssey app or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Let's continue on with today's episode as we take a look at some of the Thursday pro days that were going on and some of the players that stood out there. Some good, most good. One for a little bit of uh, raising a lot of questions, let's just say it that way. And we'll start there. Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota, who I like a lot, came in mad underneath his listed size. He was listed by Minnesota as being six foot two, 210 pounds. During his measurements, during his pro day, he ended up measuring at six foot even, 190 pounds, so two inches shorter, 20 pounds lighter. Now, it could be that he lost a little bit of weight, and that that has to do with the 20 pounds lighter, but two inches shorter, we always kind of make fun of pro days for being the day that things can be sort of inflated a little bit, and we always sort of, you know, hedge our bets when it comes to bet online, when it comes to, uh, you know, what schools list players as and everything like that, but two inches and 20 pounds is considerable. Now, the good news is that one of the reasons why I wasn't so sure about Rashad Bateman to the Saints at the bottom of the first round is because I thought he would be too much like Michael Thomas, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it was just one of my concerns about them being used the same way. But at six foot, 190 pounds, all of a sudden, the idea of him as not a featured wide receiver, but as a Z flanker instead, jumps off the page for me. And one of the things you want from that position, you know, imagine what Emmanuel Sanders, like think about what Emmanuel Sanders did last year, is you want some speed. And so he ran somewhere around a 4-4, according to most NFL scouts that were there, somewhere between 4-3-5 and 4-4-5. So if you cut that right in the middle, it's 4-4. With that being the case, though, the Gophers tied him at 4-3-9. Now we have learned here not to trust the Gophers numbers, but still a 4-4-5, uh, 4-3-5 through a 4-4-5 is still a really good range for a guy his size. So it raises some questions in terms of his size, yes, but it kind of puts him in another classification of wide receiver for me now, which makes him really intriguing. So he stood out for the wrong reasons that could lead to the right decision, if that makes sense. Next up, we'll take a look at Oklahoma State here. Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver y'all have heard me talk a bunch about. He actually measured in where we thought he was going to measure in. Five foot 11, 194 pounds, classic slot receiver size. He ran a 448, somewhere between a 448 and a 452. Remember, these are hand times. So we try to adjust for the estimation of what they might actually have uh, timed out in that case. And he had a modest, broad, and vertical jump. So it didn't really show off anything that was super explosive, but showed you exactly what you see from him on tape. You see his size, you see his ability to be able to create separation because he can be physical, and because he has the speed to break away once he creates that separation. You saw all of that reflected in his pro day numbers. We know we don't like to put too much stock in pro days and combine numbers, but we can use them as a part of the context to help fill out what we're seeing on tape. Tylen Wallace matches up. He's consistent. He's somebody that I feel like if the Saints were interested in, that that 60th pick or somewhere in the second round would make a lot of sense for him. Let's take a look now over on the defensive side to wrap this up. We'll start with UCF, Richie Grant, the safety. Safety, not as much of a need for the New Orleans Saints any longer at this time in terms of immediate impact. So maybe going for a Trevon Morig early on in the first round doesn't make sense, but maybe in day two, it does make sense if you're drafting for the future if you can't get Marcus Williams signed to an extension before the season begins. Right now, he's counting $10.6 million against the cap on his franchise tag. 
if the Saints don't extend him and they have him play on that tag number, which they can comfortably do at this moment if they can at least extend Ryan Ramchek, maybe even Marshawn Lattimore, depending upon how his whole situation pans out, then maybe in that case, you do have to go safety because you're looking to the future. Richie Grant, a very, very good choice. 5'11", 197 pounds, ran a 449 through 454. So we're 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 hedging again just to be safe. A 10-9 broad jump. So he shows you a little bit of speed, shows you good size. You know he could be physical. He shows you a little bit of explosiveness, all those things that we like to see with him breaking out of his zone and attacking the ball. He has all of that. So Richie Grant, somebody to continue to watch if the Saints decide to look for a safety for the future. Next, we'll go to Aaron Robinson, the UCF cornerback, 5'11", 186 pounds. I talked about him a lot during the Pro Bowl, excuse me, the Senior Bowl, because he was the one guy that I really saw that actually kind of put the brakes on Kadarius Toney a little bit over on the defensive side. Very physical at the line of scrimmage, but also packs a good bit of speed, 4'3", 4'4", somewhere around there. Really, really good player uh, all together. And he's physical, 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 15 bench reps at 186 pounds, five foot 11. It's not Marco Wilson type strong, but it's still strong. I'd still put a K there. And a 37 inch vertical shows you his, uh, his explosiveness as well, but also his ability to get up and contest some passes. Finally, we'll wrap up with Oregon State and their pro day. They had linebacker slash pass rusher, Hamill Carr Rashad Jr., Six foot two, 251 pounds, very good size, also long arms as well. It's got a really good wingspan there. So you like to see that, particularly as somebody that could also serve as a pass rusher, right? You want that length to be able to push and separate yourself and create some breathing room with those offensive linemen. He ran somewhere between a 4.58 and a 4.62, which at his size is really pretty good at that size. 10 foot eight broad jump, very explosive. You like that from the defensive line, the ability for that that jump off at the snap, to be able to jump in and really sort of explode off the line of scrimmage, build yourself some momentum and potentially catch an offensive lineman off guard. That's one of the things that we also liked about Tano Passanio, who the Saints just signed as well, and 25 bench reps, so really, really great strength that he's adding to his arsenal as well. So if he does engage with an offensive lineman, you could see him finding a way to shed that if you use him as a um, as a uh, as a pass rusher. And if you have him as an off-ball linebacker, if he gets engaged in the run game at the second level, he has the strength to be able to fight through that. So some very, very good players available. These are all guys that aren't going to be first rounders, right? These are guys that populate what I think is actually the meat of this draft between 50 to 150 in terms of overall selection number. And then now you're seeing a bunch of them here, get some of these numbers in uh, and, and looking pretty good, looking really, really good in terms of what they might be able to do for themselves in terms of their stock heading into the NFL draft. Now, we're going to talk about here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, our Facebook Friday. So we have to get to your questions. We're going to talk about you know corners that at the top of the draft that could be a great fit regardless of where they might be drafted. We'll take a look at whether or not the Saints might look to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. And we'll talk about what the offensive line could potentially look like in 2021, will Cesar Ruiz end up starting the first day at center? We'll talk about that and more here in just a moment. But as always, I have to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. We're talking about building an offensive line, building a defense. Well, go ahead and build your collection of Built Bars over at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bars in the world. I'm not even kidding. I've traveled the world. I did it yesterday, went all around the world, tried every protein bar I could find around the entire world one day. Couldn't find one better than Protein Bar. Excuse me, better than Built Bar. Couldn't do it. And we'll never be able to do it. So go and check them out, BuiltBar.com. And right now, the championship, by the time you're listening to this on Friday, championship is settled. Championship settled. Is it cookie dough chunk or is it coconut brownie? 
Which one is it? Coconut brownie chunk, cookie dough chunk, which one you got? Go and check them out. See who is the wins the award for the best tasting flavor of the best tasting protein bar at BuiltBar.com. And while you're there, go ahead and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. If you want to get more information on those pro days that we just talked about, make sure you check out Benjamin Solak and Trevor Sikama over at the Locked On NFL Draft podcast every Monday through Friday at the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're wrapping up today's episode with our Facebook Friday, getting to your questions from our Locked On Saints Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Locked On Saints. We have all of our questions that people have pre-submitted. And of course, if you're watching live, you can go ahead and drop your questions below as well. I'm following along. I'll go ahead and get to those. So let's go ahead and jump in and talk with Jesse, Kale, Williamson. Hey, Ross, uh, I know that you've done a few mocks, but which top corner is actually the best fit for the Saints scheme? Patrick Sertain, JC Horn, Greg Newsom, Caleb Farley, or Asante Samuel Jr. So I think if we're taking away everything except for scheme fit, right? If the only thing we're talking about is scheme fit, we're not talking about where they might be drafted, draft position. We're not talking about health, anything like that. Scheme fit, JC Horn and Caleb Farley are probably your two best fits. I think Caleb Farley is the best corner in this this draft. I think JC Horn is the second best corner in this draft. That is not why I select them though. I select them because they're physical on the line of scrimmage. They're scheme versatile. They have experience playing both in man and in zone. They have experience communicating with good safety play all of that. Those are the things that I really like about both of these players. You can put Greg Newsom in there too, but I would probably put this in terms of scheme fit, JC Horn, Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom, Asante Samuel Jr., and then Patrick Sertain. Patrick Sertain is one of those guys that I'm not too sure about yet, just not a lot of, a small sample size, small sample size. And y'all know I'm a little shaky on sample sizes, but that's the way that I would put it in terms of the top corners and their order for best scheme fit. Again, regardless of draft position, Regardless of any of that stuff, that's where I've got these guys so far. Let's go to Marcel. Marcel, what's up, Ross? Do you think Cesar Ruiz will start at center week one? Yes. Yes, I do. That was specifically the reason that the New Orleans Saints ended up drafting him. They drafted him because they wanted to place him at center. Then they only had three weeks of OTAs to get him ready, or training camp rather, to get him ready at that position. He missed a week and a half of those. And then the week and a half that he was out there in practice, he spent half of that week working at right guard. So they ended up plugging him in at right guard, which is a position he barely played at all in college. One of the reasons why he struggled going into the 2020 season. So with that, I look at him moving back to the center position, which is originally what they drafted him to do in the first place, and then shifting Eric McCoy to right guard. Book it. That's my prediction for 2021. Let's go to Tony Mealy here. Uh, If nothing else works out, oh, and the Saints end up having to go, excuse me, uh, with a fail-safe O-line pick, do you see the Saints leaning towards guard or tackle at pick 28? So if the Saints have to go offensive line in the first round, I think that they go tackle. I think they would lean tackle. I think actually at guard, you're pretty okay to go a little bit later in the draft. The drop-off at tackle is big time. So guys like Samuel Cosme, who are extremely athletic, uh, Brady Christensen out of BYU, extremely athletic. Those are the players that I could see the Saints going for. And one of the other reasons why you do that is because you're married to Andrews Pete for another year. Sorry, you restructured his contract. So you're married to him for another year. Cesar Rees, Eric McCoy, you're fine. Ryan Ramchek, you're fine. But you don't know about Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead's contract is up after this year. For that matter, Ryan Ramchek's contract at present is up after this year. I think they extend him before the season begins. But either way, by the time the draft rolls around, you're still going to have 
some question mark in terms of the future at the tackle position after 2021. That's one of the reasons why I think at that moment in the first round, you would go tackle as opposed to interior offensive line. Next up, we've got Michael Murray. Got another question from Tony, but we'll come back to it. We got uh, Michael Murray here. Do you think that the Saints would look at the arena football leagues to find some players on the cheap? I don't know. It's an entirely different game, arena football, than National Football League, right? It's very, very different. But is it translatable? Are there things you could translate to it? Yeah, absolutely. Much like Delvin Bro talked about how, you know, when he played for the New Orleans Voodoo, and, you know, he was still able to translate that into football. For him, football was football. But for some people, maybe that's not the case, right? Delvin Bro is a rare, rare talent. And we've seen that over and over again, especially his continued performance at the Canadian Football League as well. But, you know, it, it's tough. But I'll tell you what, if any team's going to do it, I could see the Saints doing it. I could see the Saints looking at something like that and figuring out a way. I mean, we saw them roll the dice on, um, oh my goodness, Dominic. Oh, I can't remember his name, but the guy out of uh, the XFL that they tried at uh, cornerback in the offseason. So, you know, I could see them absolutely doing that. If they were, if there was any team that was going to do it, they would make sense. Uh, next, we've got uh, Rick Sincere, a good friend from my team, My Voice Podcast Network. Uh, who is better for the Saints this upcoming season and beyond? So we're talking about quarterback here. 23-year-old Sam Darnold, 27-year-old Jameis Winston, 30-year-old Taysom Hill, 21-year-old Kellen Mond. So for me, the best option for next season and beyond is 27-year-old Jameis Winston. Yes, he's not 23. No, he's not 21, but he's also not Sam Darnold, and he's also not Kellen Mond. And to me, that is more important. Taysom Hill, being 30 years old already, is kind of at the peak of his development, right? We can assume. We can assume he's at the peak of his development. Is that, can he continue to develop? Absolutely. But is he at the peak of his development right now in terms of what we assume? Yes. With Jameis Winston, you have a higher ceiling and you have somebody that's young enough that in three years, when he's the same age as Taysom Hill, you will have seen more development there. So that's what I look at with Jameis Winston. He's at the point at which he's about to reach what could be the peak of his career, but he still has time to get there, and he doesn't have the issues that Sam Darnold, and he's not coming in as raw as Kellen Mond. Next, we'll go to Stephen McCary. Who will be the deep threat this season? I like this question a lot. I think that the deep threat this season, if they went into the 2021 season with this roster, I think it's actually Marquez Calloway. I think that Deontay Harris gives you some big play potential in terms of being, you know, a guy that can get open downfield and maybe be a shot play kind of guy to where you call some of those shots for him. But in terms of the consistent deep threat down the field, I look at Marquez Calloway. He doesn't have a ton of speed, but he's a really good route runner. He creates separation, averaged 21.2 yards in his final season at Tennessee. And we saw a little bit of what he was able to do last season, but we haven't seen the full playbook open to him yet. Because first of all, he was an undrafted rookie coming in and learning the playbook. And also because the full playbook wasn't entirely open all season because you had to shift quarterbacks. So the way that I look at it, Marquez Calloway in 2021 is the ride receiver that I'm watching out for. Let's go to uh, Tony Mealy's other question, non-football question. Uh, you mentioned on Thursday's episode that you were a Dodgers fan, what led you to being a fan of theirs. Uh, they won when I started caring about baseball. Uh, <laughs> that's really it. I'm a bandwagon guy. I'm a bandwagon guy for baseball because I don't know how else to pick a, a baseball team because I'm from New Orleans, don't have a baseball team, not rooting for the Astros, not rooting for an Atlanta team with the Braves. So they won when I started caring. So I go with the Dodgers. Also, Mookie Betts is super dope. And then finally, we'll wrap up with Stephen McCary's other question here. And our final question for the day, uh, who do you think the Saints will open the season against? All right. So I had to put some thought into this one. I think that the Saints, Saints will open the season on the road 
against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can just see it happening. I can just see it happening. They have their little banner celebration and they did. They did win a Super Bowl. So I can't really talk bad about it. They deserve it. They played very well. That defense is phenomenal and I hate it. Um, But that's my prediction. I think the Saints open the season on the road against Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay gets to rub the rub the Saints face and nose in it that uh, that they won the Super Bowl and then New Orleans beats them on the road. <laughs> the Jameis wins to throw three touchdowns. <laughs> I love it so much. Don't forget that we will be back with you on Monday. We're here every Monday through Friday, keeping you up to date with everything going on with your New Orleans Saints. We recap everything in terms of news and notes throughout the weekend and get you up to date with some of the potential rule changes that were voted upon that we should have an updates on on Friday. So keep an eye out for that as well as anything else going on with your New Orleans Saints. We will keep you up to date here. I appreciate y'all as always for listening, rating, reviewing, and helping me grow this family. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.